0: Welcome to a brand new episode of In The Clock End, an Arsenal podcast with me, Steve. And as ever, I'm joined by Calvin. Happy New Year, mate.
1: Happy New Year to you, Stokesy. How's things? Keeping well?
0: I'm all good, mate. How are you? Yeah,
1: i playing. Um, amazing what a couple of results can really do for your mood, uh, not just in your life, but obviously towards football as well. Um, it's, been a, it's been a festive Christmas period for the Goonies, let's say.
0: A festive period indeed. It went very fast, in it, this year?
1: always does for me i think you look forward to it like anything when you look forward to something for so long and obviously there hasn't been a great deal to look forward to um over there since last march let's be perfectly honest so it was nice to have um you know an event of some description to look forward to even though it was slightly different than usual it it just breezes past um too quick uh, and then you've got the the dreaded feeling of going back to work (laughs) which is never fun right
0: which for most people is still the start at home.
1: <laughs> to be honest with Let you, I went to I went to bed yesterday evening and I think myself and my missus turned around to me and went, Why did we not take the Monday off? Even though we just had all this time doing nothing. Another day of doing nothing seemed very appealing last
0: night. That's for sure. I was going to get into the West Brom prediction. That makes it one all now on the predictions.
1: We predicted five games, didn't we? Starting off with the Brighton game, uh, which I got right and you got wrong. But I think the rest of our predictions are all the, all the same. We're going to be level pegging, regardless, mate. At the end of it, that's the main thing. Um, no, 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 no losers in this group, just winners. So I'm I hate that. the word.
0: I hate the word pegging.
1: <laughs> why? Why do you hate? Why do you hate the word pegging?
0: What does it I think? Why? Just d-
1: sounds wrong, doesn't it? Really. What do you think of the name Peggy? Just out of interest. If you don't like Peggy, surely the name Peggy. It's not one, a, It's not one for me. No, it's not I one for me.
0: I, I mean, I can suggest it to the fiance. I'll say, what do you think of the name Peggy? I don't think will, I don't think that one will, will swim too far. To be I honest, I don't
1: think it will leave the mate. It will sink straight away. <laughs> <laughs> like a I once,
0: suge- I once suggested Chandler for the dog. That didn't go too far either. Why not? I don't know. She wasn't a fan.
1: I, dog names. I've always liked. I know we're going really off piece here, but dog names. I'd always like to get a black dog and just call it Marmite. Don't know why. I like that. Yeah, simple. Everybody will love him, though. It won't be a love-hate situation, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Right, back to the football. Back to this magnificent result uh, against West Brom then. Born in a way win. Happy days.
0: You know, I've never been so calm and relaxed during a game of football in recent memory. It's funny, yeah. I was more worried about it? the actual snow calling the game off than I was losing yeah.
1: the game. Yeah, it wasn't fun, was it? That build up, and obviously you you live close to the area, so you would have seen the weather firsthand. Whereas I'm over, you know, I'm over in Ireland, so it's just been wet and miserable here, with, like it usually is, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I mean, when you you were saying you were a bit panicked, and I hadn't seen this yet, um, and then I flicked on to Sky Sports News and saw that you know how thick the snow was coming down. Yeah. It, it's one of those, isn't it? Because it hadn't been snowing all day, you you can kind of make peace if a game was called off really early. But when you've been waiting all day um, for the game, and when you're two 0 uh, up
0: as well, because because it, it wasn't too bad at the start of the game, was it? The first half it was pretty light, and then on the off, second yeah. half, I think the TV probably made it look worse than it was though. Because when when they had like when they zoomed in it, it, on the pitch, it didn't actually look that bad. No, it
1: didn't look too bad. I mean, there was a period I think forty five minutes before before kickoff where it looked pretty heavy and i think we saw a couple more of those um you know heavy snow showers come down throughout the game as well um, and you could see it settling at half time obviously they had to clear the pitch a bit more but you know my my first thought was right it's bad but get the players out on it warm you know warming up and you know obviously they've got every stadium i think has under under heating these days so you know with that cranked right up to the maximum setting i think anyway it, it wasn't going to be too much of an issue i guess Half time was the issue, wasn't it? If it got really heavy over half time, then I think, you know, we could have seen a bit of an issue. But luckily, we didn't.
0: I was half expecting to see all the players like pick up a rake and just go, go around clearing the pitch. <laughs> I imagine Big Sam was all for calling the game off, to be honest. Yeah, look, in hindsight, yeah, 100% I think he was. But, you know,
1: like, you know, when we're talking about the predictions, I predicted a draw, and the only reason I predicted it was because of that man. Um, you know, he loves his scalp, he's very defensive minded. It did panic me going into the game a little bit and um, again our prediction we're, were
0: made off the back of a terrible run of
1: <laughs>
0: you know it's yeah. easy to the back of that I was quite surprised by how West Rom set up I, I was expecting a lot more mm. a, a defensive performance whereas they they sort of in that early sort of five ten minute spell they took the game to us a bit they created a few early chances and I think mm. that just sort of fat, that really just helped um, the way we were playing in the game and
1: yeah. it allowed us to get we... in
0: behind them quite easily
1: yeah we started well during the game, you know, in the first five, ten minutes as well, I thought. Um, I mean, we only had a quick snapshot from, from Bakayla Saka in that opening exchanges. But it, it's funny, you're right. You said it to me, you texted me during the game, just, it's, you know, you thought Brighton would have a better setup or, you know, they weren't set up the way you thought they would be. West Brom. Well, did I say Brighton, did I? <laughs> yeah, it's
0: All fine. right.
1: Look, it's I can day. edit
0: it. Yeah, we'll edit
1: <laughs> in no, leave it. No, leave it in, I don't mind. But what yeah, West say? Brom. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a strange one because you couldn't. I couldn't quite work out what their plan was, to be honest with you, when looking at it. It wasn't overly outward, let's let's go for the throat um, of the Arsenal. And it, and it wasn't overly, let's sit back and soak. It was kind of a mishmash between the two, which played into our hands because it opened up some spaces, right?
0: It really did. Like, I was watching them when they played Liverpool and they just sat mm. back all game mm. and mixed a goal. And, and I fully expected that sort of setup. And it was, like you said, a complete... Mishmash. I don't really know what they were trying to do, uh, but either way, it worked for us really well, and we were able yes. to exploit them and, and get in behind them and create a lot of good chances and, and really dominate the game. To be honest,
1: yeah, we really. there's one of the things I kind of noted down throughout. Uh, like you just touched on, yeah. When, when was the last time you felt so confident or comfortable watching the Arsenal? Uh, but yeah, the you know keyword was just we dominated the, the entire game from start to finish. Um, I mean, this is one thing which is coming a little bit frequent now, and I keep saying this to you on, on pods after games, and it's Leno was again, very quiet, um, very, very quiet. And he has been, other than the odd save here and there, if you look back at our last three, four games, have not not had a, a massive amount to do. And that's that can only bode well for us, you know, because having a good, solid defence is... Is a good start for us. So, you know, I think our problem most of the season has been
0: going forward, not at the back. We looked solid from front to back. We, we looked like a mm. solid uh, outfit. And I mm. thought having four at the back, it looks so much better. I hate having five at the back. The formation of what was it, like a four, two, three, one? I really, I really like it. Having mm. having that number 10, yes,
1: so many doors for us. It's incredibly underrated, isn't it? Um, I know I've said it to you for a number of times. Off, off the pod and on the pod and that's you know one of the, the most obvious things like I just said we, we were lacking going forward but it was that transition player that we just didn't have we didn't have that link that link between defence and attack and I think I said You one of the worst things we haven't done as a club uh, in recent years was actually replace Santi Cazorla because he was the, the magician at that and look I'm not going to project too much onto Emil Smith-Rowe uh, but what we've seen in the last few games there is everything you want to see right it's it's so encouraging and it's so refreshing um to watch him play it, because it's the it's the bursting runs that he's making um ahead of the forwards it's that's what we do. that
0: second goal was mm. unbelievable we let's get on to the first goal first um, yeah no, absolutely, first thing, yeah let's sure. let's do first things first let's do uh, first things first shall we um mm. the first goal was unbelievable wasn't it what an individual um moment of pff, i don't even know what to say Oh, really incredible! It was. I think Rob Holding got the assist for that as well.
1: <laughs> fantastic, fantastic assist from, from Rob Holding. But no, it was one of those, wasn't it? I mean, even the first take on was positive, positive. Um, and, and again, it touches into you know the keyword that we we discussed a number of times, Steve-O, and that's uh, just taking some risks. Uh, and he's done that. You know, he took took the player on once, stopped, decided to take him on again. So that right back, or you know, he didn't have a a, you know a blinding thirty seconds there for sure. But yeah, I mean, look, even when Tierney came bursting into the box, we we all saw it there. You know, the possibility of that right foot, you know, further into the far corner. But you understood straight away that it was his weaker side. But when he hits it, you
0: knew it was in. You knew it was in straight away. Uh, You never expected it. You were you're almost anticipating the cross, aren't you? And yeah, you're expecting it. It was was incredible.
1: You can always appreciate the pretty goals like that second one, which was, you know, fantastic football. We'll come on to that shortly. But sometimes you can't just beat an individual bit of brilliance and a screamer. Um, you know, we all love a rocket into a top corner.
0: We need a song for Kieran Tierney. Has he got a song?
1: I have no idea, to be perfect. like you like
0: the tune of Mrs Robinson? Like, here's to you, Kieran Tierney. Arsenal love you more than you will know. <laughs> That could work. It could work.
1: Yeah, I mean, look. If you want to, if you want to create a YouTube channel to start creating some songs for people, I mean, be
0: my guest. I wouldn't be my company of tea, that's for sure. But anyway, let's let's you know we could talk about this all day. Let's let's get back to um,
1: The second goal.
0: Yeah, the second goal. The second goal reminded me of Vieira's goal at Anfield in 0405.
1: Oh, yeah, I know it exactly was the such... one you're talking about. It really did come out of nothing. But his his first ball, you know, when he received the ball and he played a tight little. You know, ball with his right foot first time, I believe it was into Lacazette. I think above my head there. Yeah. And I think he, yeah that set the move. And it, but it was like I touched on earlier. It was his, you know, far too often do you see an Arsenal player just make a pass and they admire the pass and they don't move. Whereas, you know, he's played that first time with pace, but he's played it whilst making his first move to sprint forward. And that's what ultimately makes the goal. It's not only just his first pass to to get things moving quickly, it was his his first of a run into the into their penalty box receives the ball in his first touch with his left foot on the run it was
0: civilized. lovely wasn't it it was a massive moment in the game as well gave us that breathing space that we needed and from 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 then on in we never looked like you know losing the game there was a brief spell second half first 5 minutes West Brom had that goal disallowed um you, you see how far offside he'd actually gone i did wonder do you think he how did he get through so easily then but he's he was a good few yards offside
1: that's why that's how we got through so easily but yeah it's funny isn't it because that you know that very first couple of minutes of the second half reminded me funnily enough of the the brighton game um when we came out after the half a little bit sloppy in that first minute but then we just it's like we you know we had a little wake-up call after both the half times and then went on to kill the game um it was was the same situation
0: we reacted really well didn't we it looked difficult out there there was there was a few wayward balls I remember. I oh, think it might have been the first half when, like, holding sort of like, tried to kick it and it went out for a corner. <laughs> like, there oh, was I did still... see.
1: It. I, I don't think that was conditions. I just, I don't. <laughs> it's one of those you watch. You're like, what?
0: How did? How have you managed that? The ball. I think was he was sk-
1: incredibly off balance. No.
0: Yeah, the ball was just getting around. You could tell it was difficult out there for them. Um, they always say yeah. that they don't really. Can you do it on like a wet, windy night away wet Stoke? Well, we did it in a a, a snowy, snowy, windy night up in West Brom. So.
1: Speaking of the conditions in the snow. I was thinking this at the time. Um, you know, when you're comfortable in a game, your mind can wander, as it does. And I was just sat there thinking, well, I don't ever really remember watching Arsenal playing conditions like that. I know we've played in snow-swept um, pitches. I, I seem to recall. Joe, I don't know whether you remember a superb Thierry Henry hat trick in the Champions League away at Roma? Um, I think it had been heavy snow, but again, the pitch was you know clear.
0: 2002, I, 2003. I, I, I really
1: think so yeah that lovely blue yeah. away shirt yeah, that Just free kit. The, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah yeah that um we,
0: we, i remember because we wore the white shorts
1: yeah yeah we had a combination of away shirt with home a little trivia there
0: for the the people who you know collect kits and stuff like me
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> for you'd expect me to pull class. that out of the bag for the yeah. shirt nerds the shirt nerds i wouldn't say i'm a shirt nerd ness is, i not I, I probably am let's be honest you definitely are. Um, don't, a, be proud be proud of that not worried, not worried at all. But yeah, I mean, look, I couldn't remember us playing in conditions like that. And I liked it. I really, it was like someone turned on the snow conditions in FIFA. Um, it was- it, it was giving me a headache watching it. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, funny I was going to say that to you next. It was, did you find I was, especially when the snow got heavy, it was like watching through static, TV static at times. And I was. I found Literally. myself squinting a couple of times. Yeah,
0: no, I, I said to my my fiance. It was like a game of FIFA. And
1: usually when it's like I turn it yeah. off, I'm
0: like, I can't play anything because it gives me a banging headache at it.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it was like watching that. But yeah, it was interesting. I mean, if any of our other listeners can, can help us out and let us know if we've played in conditions like that in recent memory, then please get in touch and let us know. I'd like to know because I don't remember it. I really don't.
0: Maybe before our time, I'm guessing.
1: Uh, well, I'd like to think it's probably happened in the last 30 years, but look...
0: Wasn't there a game at Portsmouth that got called off in 2004 because of the snow? At Fat Park?
1: Possibly. Possibly. I'm not 100% sure. I mean, the worst conditions I remember playing in, and this is going back a long, long time ago. I think it was a cup game. Maybe against Scarborough? Um, I think the game. Oh, no, it was played in really heavy fog. Apparently...
0: I think that was before Nigel, my time. Yeah, it would
1: have been before your time. And th- this is what sprung to mind, though, just because the visibility was so poor and Nigel Winterburn scored a screamer. Nobody saw it, I don't think, to be honest with you. <laughs> <There we go. laughs>
0: no one's <laughs> even sure to this day if it was a goal. <laughs>
1: uh, no, he definitely hit the net. Uh, but God knows how supporters watched that game on that, that particular oh, okay. evening. But um, yeah, but back to the game then and these goals, yeah. because, you know, they are fun to talk about. I mean, when was, you know... You know what the great thing was uh, about this game, Steve, was... All four of these goals came from open play. I couldn't, it was just great to watch. I was just...
0: Not a single set piece. No. Not a single set piece in in the building. It was great, wasn't it? Yeah. And it it was so like, yeah, we were playing such free-flowing football Mm. and we we looked so hungry. You know, even at at 2-0, 3-0, 4-0, we all, like, we wanted more. We we were out for the kill more than anything, weren't we?
1: Yeah, we were looking to finish people off in it. A word we've spoken about a, f- a few times over the last number of weeks and it's that ruthlessness right go and put the game to bed. Too many times do you watch teams you know sit at 2-0 and try to close out at 2-0. But you y- you know as well as anybody it happened in the last game. You go in at half time 2 0. Next goal is massive. Um, you get the next one, make it three that's the game. Dead and buried good luck. Yeah. But if the if you know if you concede that goal it's a very different
0: ending. Um, Unless you're Tottenham because they love to go three 0 three and up in let three goals in late. Like.
1: Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about the Tottenham, but it, actually one thing I will say is, it, and again, we touched on it how, how much the results have changed the mood at the minute. Isn't it mental that when we started doing this pod, what, three, four weeks back, Tottenham were top of the league, flying. We were in a relegation battle. Now we're just six points behind them.
0: It is crazy. They have got one game in hand tonight, but yeah. It is ridiculous. Mm. If you if you think of like how far you know, Chelsea were ahead of us before, I remember there was a clip and I put it on YouTube. Um, I put it on upon Twitter of their fans saying like we were in a yes. relegation battle. They're going for yeah. the title. They're now sat yeah. three points ahead of us. It's how things have changed.
1: A crazy, crazy season. And if you look at, like, I mean, look how it's really, really tight. The most of the table, and you know, I think the bottom. I think the bottom three might even finish as it is. Really to be honest with you. Um, but looking Sheffield, at the rest of it...
0: Yeah, it's so like Sheffield United and West Brom are down. Yeah. And That's I think... It's crazy. I think it's between Fulham and... F- I think Burnley... I think Brighton will stay up. I think it's between Fulham and Burnley.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Brighton have been poor. Uh, but if you look at... Look at Villa in seventh and you've got one, two, three, four teams sat on 26 points. It is just so incredibly tight. I mean, you go from... Tottenham in fourth, obviously, like like you said, they've got a game in hand. So City have got two games in hand. Um, on twenty nine points in fourth and fifth, and Everton it's are easy. obviously on twenty nine.
0: Yeah, it's easy to say now, but let's say we won one of our five home games that we didn't win, you win two of them. Mm. You know, very you, different. Complete, and it. I still think that top four is going to be very tough, but you look at you know mathematically, it's completely on. And that's what you want. It's,
1: I know it kills us as Arsenal fans, usually the hope. It's nice to see it
0: come back though. I lost like, nice, all hope there for, for a bit. And I think a, a number of us did. Um... We look like a completely new team, like touched upon Lacazette and his two goals. Mm. I think if, I think if we go back to maybe like November time, I mm-hmm. think he'd have probably missed one of those.
1: Yeah, second one, I don't know how much he actually really knew about it. Yeah, the, the first
0: there. one, he, he, he just hit Pretty it well. and You Pretty can tell he's got, he's got his confidence back, hasn't he? And, uh, I've, we both doubted him a little bit. Um, maybe a little bit too critical. I don't know. It's, a lot of it's reactionary, isn't it? When, when you're seeing yeah. a player and, and, they're, and they're not playing well, you, you get frustrated. That's the but, thing, though, isn't
1: it, with the fluidity of opinion um, in football. It is, you know, look... He, I had to answer that question there a couple of weeks ago on a teta, didn't I? And, you, you know, I sat on the fence, shock. Um, but you know, with the gun to the head, I would have probably let him go with a gun to my head, obviously.
0: But let, let's okay. let's get on. Let's get on to that actually, because um, I want such one Mikel Michael because, like you just said, like you know, with, with a gun to your head, you would have said out the door. Um, fortunately, guns aren't allowed in Ireland, so you're absolutely fine. Um, yeah. Before Chelsea, we were winners in seven. And our, our mm. senior players were pretty much in hiding, and mm. we were sat just above the relegation zone. So I don't think it's unfair. There, there were Arsenal fans, including myself, I put my hands up to this. That w- mm. I was concerned. I was really worried about where we were heading. Because I think any any supporter
1: should be concerned with what they were seeing. And if you weren't concerned, it's. I mean, look, it's it's easy to say, yeah, get rid of the manager. We don't want to be that club, blah blah blah. But there was always, always for me. And That was the stumbling block for me. It was the caveat of who else can improve this current group of players. Like and I'm convinced it's and it's funny, isn't it? Because you look again, three wins in a row here. Um, your opinion seven you, days I in mean,
0: football changes so much, doesn't it? No, oh, it's I mean, it
1: insane.
0: You look at Chelsea, you, you look at Chelsea, and two weeks ago, mm. they were you know
1: going for a title days. challenge,
0: <laughs> and now the yeah. talk t- t- it talks about Frank Lampard losing his job. It is it's it's Football moves so quick; it's incredible. It really
1: does, yeah. It really does, and I just think you know, if you, I think supporters should be fully entitled to to change their opinion. There's no harm in changing your opinion or your views because you, again, it's a reactionary kind of sport.
0: We often talk about hindsight. I think it's our favourite word mm. on the podcast, um, probably. And it, and it's all well and good these Arsenal fans coming out now saying, "I never doubt the manager." Mm. Well, of course, we've we We've won three in a week, you know, and, and we are in a much healthier position but i don't like sort of out yeah you don't want to
1: ostracize you don't want to ostracize like for you for example yeah you were fully more so than i was arteta out which is your opinion right i'm not gonna i'm not gonna ridicule you for having that opinion because i could see the logic behind it there's there's logic and there's you know there's clear arguments for both sides of the camp um
0: yeah absolutely And i i I don't think yeah. I don't think it's fair to out fans because they have that opinion. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not one of these people going around wearing Arteta out t shirt. Mm-hmm. And I always said that I really wanted it to work for Arteta, and I, and I like it and I really 100%. as a manager, and I really like him. But I just felt like maybe he was out of his depth, and I think that's a valid Possibly. argument based on it what is. i was seeing.
1: But there's absolutely no harm. I had reservations when he was, as I've told you, like when he was made um, the head coach at the time or manager, whatever you want to call him now. I had my reservations purely because of the lack of experience and how far we'd fallen. I thought the club was in shambolic state.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I don't think we are out of that position yet in terms of no. the running of the club. Our league position is much healthier, and I, think, I, I don't think we'll go down. Um, do you think it was ridiculous to think we could, in hindsight, Not, once again?
1: Again, in hindsight, no, I'd still say no. I I think you'd be far too arrogant to suggest otherwise. Again, that's just my personal opinion, but the form was terrible, Um, and and you didn't. You really. Let's be honest, we didn't see it changing um, anytime soon, and it was always going to be the run of games we're in the middle of now, which was going to define us. And look, we're still in it, so let's let's talk again in two, three weeks and see where we're at. I mean, yeah, I think he has turned the corner,
0: and. You know what? I couldn't be more happy for the guy. I'm so pleased for him.
1: You've got to be pleased. If, if there's any Arsenal fan out there that wishes Arteta to carry on losing so we sack him, you're not, in my opinion, again, you're not a true supporter. You can have an opinion, of course, but for me, supporting the club is, I've said this to you before, players, managers, anybody, I'll back everybody as long as they're there and giving their, giving their all. You know? But it doesn't I mean I can always- think negatively one week and then positively the next. I still fully support whoever's there.
0: I don't understand this whole sort of criticism around changing your opinion. Listen, if, if you're out banging a drum, wearing t mm. T-shirt, mm-hmm. saying I set her out, then okay, you yeah. know what? You're crossing the line there. You, you, that's ridiculous. But if you're saying, you know what? We're not playing well. Result, results aren't going away. I'm not mm. sure if it's working out with this manager. That's a fair mm. opinion. And you know what? It if he's turned around, and he's getting wins. Mm-hmm. If I'm, if I'm going to turn around and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm really happy for him. Let's crack on. Mm.
1: Then that's fine as well. Yeah, but it all comes down to like anything in life, it's all about delivery, isn't it? The way, the way in which you voice your opinion, I and mean, we've spoke about it. We don't need to go into the obvious channels, which we're probably both thinking of right now. But there's just a way in which you express your opinion, um, and sometimes on other other channels, it's been expressed, in in my opinion, diabolically. To be honest, I think with you it, honest. I think
0: from our point of view, we've always been very sort of reluctant to say change the manager. I felt like a little bit like a rabbit in headlights. I didn't, I didn't see a way out of it. Um
1: mm. it's a completely acceptable way to feel. Isn't
0: yeah. It? I think by the end of January, we'll have a good idea of,
1: or a reasonable idea of where we might be able to project where we'll finish for this season, I think. Back to this, uh, the West Brom game, I guess we can kind of finish up with a couple of things, really, to look at. I mean, we've got to talk about tunney in general, for me. Um I thought you know it was funny, wasn't it, when we were watching the snow come down, and he's the only man that comes out in shorts and t-shirts. Clearly, the bloke doesn't have a temperature gauge in his body. He's I'd love to, to see him, actually. To...
0: Did you like, see James May Niles? He looked ridiculous because he had his like, he was wearing the tights, but then his shorts so and his socks short. were like, really, really short, so he, he yeah. just looked ridiculous.
1: It's funny, isn't it? Because I thought that you, know, you know, you know, you know my opinion of tights. Um, but I thought Kieran Tierney just throughout the game, you know, he sets the tone there coming out. You know, he looks ready. He, you know, the cold doesn't bother that man in the slightest. Um, it's just he was flying up and down that left hand side all, all evening. Um, and it was just fantastic to watch. Um, I just really enjoy watching that, that kid play at the minute. It's...
0: He, he brings us so much energy. He's like Martinelli. He's contagious, isn't he, in that sense? Yeah, he's
1: contagious. He's old school, uh, which I, you know, he's got that old school approach, which I like. Um, you know, a bit of Scottish mentality, really, a bit of fight. Um, I think just, it's obvious that he'll be a future captain of the club. He's,
0: he's solid, point. isn't he? Again, we're going to have to talk about Emma Smith, for Um Well, I touched on it before, you know, the importance of a number 10 and, and the doors that he's opening. Mm-hmm. It just gives the team a completely new dimension. When he first came into the, the team there, did
1: you expect him to have as much as an impact as he's had in the last three games? Tried a few people then it hasn't really materialized and and also you've got to remember we've seen Emil Smith role play. It's not as if he's a brand new entity that we've never seen before. I you know, we've seen him play in the Europa League and a few Carabao Cup games. And even with that in mind I just never saw
0: this coming. To be honest, you knew he was a player but Granite Xhaka, for me when he's got that number 10 in front of him he he looks leaps and bounds ahead of what he's... Yeah, been. no, the, he looks a completely, a completely different player.
1: Yeah, that's a lovely segue into the next part I wanted to ask you about, really, and that was he does look a lot more solid when he doesn't need to go forward. You know he's not an athletic player. Um, the less ground you give that man to cover, the
0: better. Um, but it, He runs I mean, the play almost, doesn't
1: he? Yeah, and I thought Sabah had one of his better games for us as well the other day. And, you know, know, we spoke he about it. We, I don't really mind if he stays or goes and... <laughs> from what I've seen so far, I've only seen a, you know, handful of pots, uh, a piece of performances from, from him in the, in the lineup. But
0: He did look good. I loved his celebration as well. I think it was, out in the, f- the background. Just yeah. On his like, yeah, his passion. I love that about him. You can't fault that. No, he's always been like that as well. He celebrates,
1: you know, other people's goals like he scored them himself, you know, really? which is great. I remember, I'll will is- never
0: forget his FA Cup when he's on the floor. It's great. Um, oh, that's brilliant. I yeah, love that energy brilliant.
1: from him. But, Speaking of that, obviously, jacker and speaking of the centre mid, I could not help but sit there throughout most of that second half. And I'm sure you probably thought it yourself and just go, Thomas Party's come back into this team yet, yeah, by the way. Uh, Aubameyang's he, he, not found his feet recently, by the way. These Thomas are nice little Patti. things. Mm.
0: Thomas Partey will be like a new signing for us. And I hope that isn't the only signing in, in the January window, but we cannot mm. underestimate how big that's going to be for the team. And, and that's going to produce a massive lift and hopefully you know mm. the likes of Xhaka Al Alneny those guys mm. going to have to lift their game because you've got to yeah. think Partey's he's top of the pecking order he's walking straight back into that team maybe you know maybe come off the bench against Newcastle in the FA Cup we, do, we don't want to you know risk um, getting him uh, rush, we don't want to risk it we don't want to rush him back but once he's yeah. fully fit he's our first choice he's he's yeah. first on that team sheet for me
1: yeah for sure and it's more of a question of who partners him Right. And it's you know, Jack is run of form. Um, you probably you know, I'd like to see I don't have we even seen that really for any period along, uh prolonged amount of time. Have we seen not Jack really. play with party? And no. it's funny, isn't it? Because you you know, we, we rewind back to that Man United game where party had his best game, uh the handful he's had for us so far, he and it was how that many that was there. Thing. Yeah. And everybody was hyped about that. Everybody wanted to see that moving forward. For me, I'm not you know, I'm not Sold, or you know, I'm not going to commit to any other partnership. But I think I'd like to see Ranit Zaka with Party um, and give Party that that license to go and join the front four a little bit more. He, I just think if you allow Zaka just to sit and those two can dovetail uh, in the centre as well. I think that would be good.
0: It's very exciting. It makes mm. for an interesting. It makes for an interesting discussion because once. You know, Aubameyang finds his form, which I'm sure he will. Um, we've got you know, a very dangerous attacking unit. It's taken, it's taken us a while to unlock the door, but mm-hmm. we're heading in the right direction.
1: it has been two youth players that have unlocked the door for us, which is, you know, it's great. It's great to see um, when you see some homegrown talent come through and really help the senior players, which is kind of frustrating on one hand because, you, you know, you want more from your
0: senior players. Um, on that uh, note, Let's, let's look at um, Saka. He, he, was, mm. he was on the right uh, on Saturday. Yeah, he's Where does that over. leave Nicolas Pepe for you?
1: Really, really tough one to answer. Um, and I think it was really telling uh, when you look at that that late substitution. Um, William was brought on instead, Pepe. Um, it doesn't look great, does it? To be perfectly honest. Um I remember he, we tried Saka on the right before. Didn't really work. But over the last number of games, it's massively worked. Not just going forward, but also defensively. Uh, we look a lot better because he's got that mindset in him, whereas Pepe does did, not.
0: Did you see that um, comment on Instagram when it, when Saka posted saying, my left back, and then Tierney yeah. posted, my right winger? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awkward. No, I mean, I like to see it.
1: The the thing, a
0: right? here's the thing for me. I think that we can't solely rely on the likes of Martinelli, Saka, um, Smith-Rowe. These guys are young. They're up and coming, but yeah. we can't, we can't, we can't burn them out. So mm. you know, the likes of William and Pepe, they, they have to come in. So, but it's how, ha- it's how we use them. And we, you know, ultimately we need, we need a performance from, from them. And we've not seen that Pepe, you see glimpses yeah, you know what? i'm yeah, not going to say anything I've, I've said it so many times you know where i stand with pepe so that's yeah. that
1: really yeah the frosties competition winner yeah i know but at the same time i don't know there's so much potential i think that's the, the most frustrating you know i'm oh, sorry the most yeah the most frustrating thing with pepe is you can just see the potential there um I don't know. I just don't know whether he's going to fit into the league or the way we play. It's so hard. I mean, when I look at how good uh, Saka has been um, on his move over to the right, we try Pepe on on the left. And I mean this in cup games. I mean, look, we've got Newcastle coming up in the cup where I fully expect him and Willian to start, to be honest with you. Um, I just, yeah, I still think he needs a good run of games. Just don't think Arteta really, really likes not you know, dislike him you know, but I just don't think there's the appetite to to play him. I don't think he has any trust in his abilities. Um,
0: no, we'll is... come on to we'll come on to Newcastle um, mm. at the end. We'll do a brief chat about that. What are your thoughts on Pablo Marie, Rob Holding, centre back partnership? Yeah,
1: I've be been massively impressed with this one. And um, it's funny, isn't it? Because you're you're starting to question already you know, where does Gabriel fit into this when he's, you know, available again?
0: Uh, Do you break up that that centre-back pairing? The only issue with these guys is they're both left-footed. True. That was, that was, that was, that's sort of the major concern. Not that Mm. I think it really matters, to be perfectly honest, but I'm no Mm. football coach, am I, so?
1: No, I mean, it it can only matter from the way in which you tackle. Um, Obviously, which foot you lead in with, it's easier to do on one side than it is the other. But look, if you're at that level and what we've seen so far from the pair of them, it's
0: it's been I'm not quite sure how to even put this, but you know, very reassuring. When you think about how good Gabriel has been, mm. we've, we've yeah, potentially got three very good centre halves. Listen, mm. I, I'd much rather be having this conversation saying, "Oh, who's going to play centre half?" because these guys mm. are playing really well than the latter mm. of saying well, they're all rubbish. Do you, do you know what I mean? Which we've
1: been doing for far too long. <laughs> the last memory, so years. yeah, yeah it's
0: nice. It's, Listen, I think it's, I, I'd, I'd much rather have this conversation all day long.
1: No, absolutely. And I think, you know, the main thing for me, and I think I've said it a couple of times over the last couple of games or after the last couple of games, that's, I haven't really had any thoughts about Marie, which is a good thing. because
0: um, that means it fits in, doesn't he? It
1: does. you, this is the thing, though. It's like, you remember, obviously, look, you put up a post about Gilberto Silva recently. He was the invisible shield, right? Did a dirty job, did it really well, and was one of the most um, underrated performers of that era for Arsenal Football Club, uh, alongside probably Ray Parlour, um, and that's that's from a, a neutral perspective. Obviously, Arsenal fans can fully appreciate what the, the job those two did, but I feel like that with uh, Pablo Maria it's not the fact. Obviously, I know he's you know he's not invisible. I can see him, but it's more the fact that I don't ever really notice him. And as a centre back, that's pretty impressive, right? I don't. And what I mean by noticing him is he hasn't done anything wrong everything's been pretty comfortable he's just going about his business quietly and, and relatively well um he's like a comfy pair of socks
0: you put them on and they're good for the day yeah you don't have to think about it <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's an interesting yeah. analogy i've made up on the spot I'll i like it though that later. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was a good no, one he's that. very makes, good makes and sense. I, and I think yeah he was one of those signings that sort of fell under the radar because he was signed what like last January, and then yeah. um, obviously COVID came along, and there was a, there was a break, and then he got injured. So yeah, he um, We haven't seen anything of him really. Um, and he's a, he's only twenty seven, I believe, or twenty
1: eight. He's not that old, so yeah, he's a good age, good good height, good build, um, and I think that's you know we've added some big guys to that that back line. Um, you know, Gabriel's a big lad. Uh, you know, Marie's a big lad. Holding's a big lad. And we're not conceding much from set pieces at all.
0: Moving on to transfer news. Uh, Saeed Kalazanach has well departed. That. He's gone to yep. Sch- Schalke on loan. Um, Back to Schalke, all, be- yeah. all the best to him, but let's
1: be, let's be mm. real.
0: I don't, I don't think he was ever good enough. Um, he
1: was never good enough. Um, weirdly, the only thing I'll ever remember him by, is personal to me, and it's not even that personal to be perfectly honest, Um, I was flying over to Australia to see my brother and I was watching a game live on TV on the flight, uh, which was relatively new at this point. It was a Europa League game. He scored the goal. (laughs) He scored the first goal and that's all I remember him for. That sounds ridiculous, but like you said, the bloke was unfortunately never going to be good enough for us. Never. I never ever saw anything from him which made me think there's potential... It was mainly, he just gave me the fear of just, what are you going to do? He kn- there was a couple of games I remember watching where I was just like, I don't even look like a professional footballer.
0: He's, was, built oh, like a, he's built like a centre-half, not a fullback. One mm. thing I would say about him is, he gets in some great positions, but his delivery, mm. his passing terrible. is terrible. Um, yeah. So, you know, all the best to him. In today's news, Fiorentina are looking to take Lucas Torreira on loan with an obligation mm. to buy. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? It's a strange one, isn't it?
1: With Torreira. I mean, we got so hyped up by him, you know, when he joined and particularly off the back of that North London derby victory that we where he scored and things were starting to look good. We thought we had an answer. Um, there's an element of me which would be intrigued to see both him and Gendouzi given a chance to partner him to see if it works. Um, ultimately, are we going to have the, time or the patience to do that I don't know um again we need to be ruthless as a club and I think look because of the the environment we're surrounded in with COVID-19 I just think we're going to see a lot of loans uh with options or no options um as we'll come on to in a second but I think that's just the reality of the market we're in I prefer obviously to see the loan with an obligation to buy um yeah I think there just, is I think
0: it is apparently anyway yeah with, with I mean, this is all rumours. It
1: is all rumours. It's not the first time he's been linked with Fiorentina and it's not the first time he's been linked with a move back to, to Italy. I'm not sure really how well it's gone for him over uh, at Atletico. But
0: Listen, it's a big question mark when it comes to uh, Torreira and Guendouzi. I don't think Arteta rates Torreira. I don't think there was any bad blood there. I just don't think no. he rates it. Um, Guendouzi... That's anyone's guess, obviously, since the Brighton game. We yeah. We haven't seen him since. I think it would be a real shame if we weren't to, uh, you know, explore that further and bring him back and try him again. I think it would be a oh, waste. Yes. But listen, yeah. you, you, there's obviously since so it's gone down there. And I think in that situation, we just have to kind of back the manager a bit. And
1: Yeah, obviously- no, absolutely. You have to back the manager. But at the same time, I was just, I just think there's there's great potential with that player. Yeah. Um, He's got the right, I'm not gonna say the right attitude because that's kind of why he, he definitely has shipped been. out. <laughs> but he's got the right appetite. I think that's what I'm saying. An in-game appetite that we like to see. Um he just needs to learn to to channel it the right way, I think. But that you know, you've got to remember how young he is.
0: Yeah, no, um, absolutely. I, I think we'll I think over the, the course of the next few weeks we'll we'll have this conversation a lot and there'll be a few players coming and going. Um, I want mm. to touch upon Nelson and Willock. Because for me, players like Saka, Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, potentially, but it's early days. These guys are setting the bar. Correct, Nelson and Willick on. aren't delivering what the, the, the other guys are delivering. And I think, mm. for me, these guys need to be loaned out.
1: Now, here's a question. Loaned or sold?
0: I would sell yeah, and the reason I... Nelson. And I, I would loan out uh, Willick. Because I think there's something there with Willick. We have seen him, quite a lot of him. There's a lot of potential. I'm not mm. sure. It's anyone's guess, isn't it? It is anyone's guess. Um, what is what is his natural position? Because I've seen I him in so many
1: positions. It's that I'm a ray of centre mid, I think. Um, I don't know. I just think Liverpool do it well. And I hate comparing us to Liverpool. because It's just it's kind of redundant, to be honest, for me. Um, we've got to focus on ourselves and other than what other people do. But it's that, you know, if you look at some of this, you know, the the youth players they've let go over the last, there's two that stand out for me massively. Ryan Brewster, how on earth they got 30 million for that chap is just beyond me. But if they can get... has
0: it, they're still laughing at there about that one.
1: Probably, I I would be. I'm still laughing about the Awobi sale, to be perfectly honest. And Um, the Walcott sale. uh, uh, The Walcott Um, one was fine. Didn't mind that too much. But, you know, when you look at that, I want us to be ruthless. And unfortunately, sometimes you've got got to let someone go who you might like because if they come from the youth setup, but also at the same time, there's not, we can't keep just being this nice club that lets people have time to develop. I want, you know, as a professional athlete, if you've been at Arsenal for all that time and you break into the 11 and you don't take that opportunity, you know, with both hands by the scruff of the neck and you go for it, um, which is what we've seen with Saka, to be honest with you. You know, that's a player that tries week in, week out. And, you know, he doesn't do anything amazing in every game. Recently, he has. He's, he's played really well. But because he's shown us much more um, thats, that's what than I than mean. any of the others, he's, he's got the, it, the patience from the fans. Whereas I just look at the two you mentioned, now and I'm like, Reese Nelson, yes, I've seen something there. Um, I'd be more looking at selling the likes of Joe Willock. Why not? I think if we can generate, because we need to generate funds.
0: Let's be fair. That they're not at the level, are they? And they're both, I think they're twenty now. So, you, like you said, do we wait or do we, you know, do we stick or stick or twist? Um, it's interesting actually because the... in the news today, we've been linked with uh, Norwich's Emmy Brandia in a in a yeah. cash plus player swap deal, uh, including <laughs> Willock or Nelson.
1: So look, there we go. I, again, look, I, that's a situation where I'd happily back the manager. And look, I don't know enough. I don't watch the championship um i wouldn't sit there and watch Norwich, even last year when they were in in the league um for me i just think we need to become more ruthless we need to stop being this nicey nice club that allows players all the time in the world to find their feet um we've spent too long doing that since the move to the emirates to be honest with you and it it hasn't worked out for us it doesn't
0: work you you look at how many players in that early era of Arsenal wenger's sort of um, new regime well, you know he's one of mm. the kids who used to go out and smash teams in the League Cup
1: mm. and
0: none of them really made it no no they all that's, sort of so yeah, that's prove, the proof is in the pudding exactly um, let, let's talk about Isco he's been heavily linked uh, with a with a uh, loan move to Arsenal um, there's, there's a real mixed opinion on, on this one I think the risk mm. versus reward the, the, the risk is low if, if it doesn't work out he comes in he plays for six months and he goes back to Madrid He's got experience. He, he, he's won uh, European Cups and whatnot. It is a
1: strange one. It does divide opinion. Um, I think when you try and strip it back and look at it, how it might work. And obviously, look, he would be slotting in and, and helping Emil Smith-Rowe. Um, I remember when Isco first broke onto the scene, I always refer to him as the Spanish Jack Wilshire. And obviously, look, they were miles apart um, look, when Jack burst onto the scene, he was superb. You know, Isco was pretty decent as well, but I just, just felt Jack was a little bit better. But their dribbling style, the way they draw players in, very, very similar. Um,
0: I think I'd be open
1: to that six month. Um, yeah, me, me too. I, don't, I don't want to take on astronomical wages, but look, if it's not permanent, it doesn't matter too much. But I think, look, there's potential there because other than Smith Rowe in that 10 role, we've just seen over the last few games. I do think we need someone else in there to do that job with him.
0: There is a German guy, apparently, in the in the club.
1: Apparently, yeah. But it, it's just, again, it's Let's a redundant not conversation. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, but completely it's, it's, not, it's completely redundant. He's not coming back in. If he was coming back in, we'd know about it already, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you he's know, you not would... saying it's great to see Arsenal with a number 10. Yeah. And again, like, I've got no problem with that because you he's right.
0: his banter. He's quite funny.
1: Yeah, he's... I'm sure he's got a great PR team. But at the same time, he, he's spot on. Like, we, we all knew it. We needed someone creative. Someone creative's coming
0: to the team, and it's changed yeah. the way we play. Absolutely. Would
1: Ozil would have had the same effect?
0: Don't know. It, who knows? Know. And, and, and finally, uh, William Saliba is set to join Nice on loan, potentially. What are your thoughts on eh, that one? It's the
1: strangest character, not character in general, but it's the strangest individual just for everything that's been surrounded from him since he joined um, you know, you there was so much hype when he did sign, and then he went back out on loan for the season, which was fine. I don't think any of us had any problem with that for an eighteen-year-old uh, centre half, you know, gaining experience at a very young age for a centre half. I mean, look, what I draw comparisons with here, and I, and again, I'm not trying to be positive and put my Arsenal hat on. Is you look at John Stones when he moved from, um, geez, he where ready you go, Everton to City? Very young, a lot of pressure was put on that man's shoulders very early, and he. He got left behind for a while there, didn't he? And he—it's only in the last, I think it's this season, is it, where he's had a bit of a resurgence. Yeah. So, experience as a centre back is key. And um, one thing I like about the, you know, the press, which is, the press releases which are coming out, is obviously there's no obligation to buy, and Arsenal see him as a long term future, of the you know, part of the club. Um, he
0: he reminds me almost of the Mary Celeste. Like, no one, no one really knows what's what's going down. Mm. And we just have to trust the club. Um, because for all yeah. the talk about him being this, you know, great young talent, no one's mm. ever seen him play. So, listen, until we, until we see him, I think it would be you know, ridiculous to make any real opinion. It, it, we've spent a lot of yeah, money on can't. him, don't get me wrong. Mm. So, when you spend They've that sort of reports. money... made reports, but
1: also, it's, it's funny, isn't it? We've already, you know, we touched about how fluid our opinions are in, in football, which is completely fine. But again, our our thought process when thinking about Saliba right now is a little bit different because we're not as desperate. Like I think that was no. a problem when we signed Saliba, you know, that's going back on, you know, quite a while now. It wasn't obviously last summer. It was the one before we were desperate for a center half. So we all projected our future onto this guy and hope for the best because we were watching the likes of a and Louise clown every single week. Now, you know, we already spoke about it earlier. Marie and holding had found this degree of consistency and you've also got gabriel to come back into you know there's three center halves there which you it's can take yes um so i think i happily see him go on loan
0: it's a podcast first today we've actually got a couple of questions uh, a couple of that questions you, you got because i just don't have anyone on my instagram or twitter who takes any interest in, in what i pay so
1: <laughs> i barely pay any interest Thankfully. in you as well mate <laughs>
0: <Thanks>. <laughs> but no no i'm
1: um, I mean, only only messing with you but yeah we've got a couple of questions in um obviously one from uh, Rocky Nico, who is for our recent listeners who haven't listened back, he appeared on one of our podcasts there a couple of episodes ago.
0: We'll have to get him back on again soon. He's always a very
1: insightful man. Yeah, he is indeed. But he he sent through a question to us, so let's just just read it out. Uh, what are your views on that we have to be that club that sells to buy, uh, and then it looks more likely that we have to loan in players. We touched on this briefly earlier, but yeah, how do you feel about that that kind of approach where we're having to sell in order to buy?
0: It sort of baffles me that we are apparently in this financial position um, when we've got one of the wealthiest owners in the in the game. Um, one of the
1: wealthiest owners with the shortest pockets, though, unfortunately.
0: You, you've got a it, when you look around. At uh, the, the, the likes of Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, mm. they don't seem to they don't seem to be having any financial difficulty. So, to me, that says to me that rings a lot of alarm bells as to why we are in this position where we are having to, to buy to sell. Do you not know think?
1: Yeah. Yes and no. Um, for me, it's a case of you know, there's two kind of you know contributors to why we're in this position. As a club, we you know we touched on it in a previous podcast. We've spent a lot of money in the last three four years, and we've spent it absolutely terribly. Um, and another thing we just spoke about is being ruthless in letting players go who just aren't going to fulfil the potential we think they might. And that's what that's what ultimately drives my view of stop loaning players, to hope for the best, and just be more ruthless. And
0: well, well, Michel Arteta summed it up this like last week, saying like we mm. we've got too big of a squad, and we need to get rid of a lot of players. So. I guess it's sort of like one job at a time, isn't
1: it? it? It is one job at a time, but it, I just want us to. It doesn't look when you're a self-sufficient club like Arsenal really are, um, and that's that's effectively what you know Rocky's saying in his question. It's a case of you know we're having to sell or release players because our wage bill is is massive. Our squad is ridiculously big, um, bigger than most. It's not for um, a vast not lack in quality in though. Quality. Exactly. Um, but it comes back to, right, let's, you know, if you could, you know, let's, you know, I'm just going to project a little bit and hypothetically speaking, if you could sell both Reese Nelson or Nketcher, one of those two, and Joe Willock for 40 million combined, 30 to 40 million to be kind. And again, I'm, I'm using these kind of Liverpool figures, you know, if you can get 30 million for Ryan Brewster, 15 million for Jordan Ibe a few years ago.
0: 40 million for the lot of them is quite cheap. 40 I've million for those two players, Maybe in days, a pre-COVID yeah. world. And you got to think,
1: yeah. This, this is the yeah. That's the other contributing factor. I was going to touch on it is you've got to look at the the facts of what's going on around you. It's nobody's been in stadiums for a, you know nearly a year. Uh, match day revenue, we're we're the second largest. Tottenham might be up there with us now, but you know, one hundred million match day revenue gone. Um, these things are always going to unfortunately buy into
0: us. You and know. you know, obviously, we have spent a lot of money and we've spent badly, but. Mm. In my opinion, we shouldn't be in such a dire financial situation
1: because it every be. club
0: every mm. club is in the same position as us right now. Every club is dealing with COVID and not having fans mm. out. This is not mm. unique to Arsenal. It's not Whether
1: unique ha- to Arsenal, but unfortunately it's having a really detrimental effect to, to our club because of the way we've gone about our business the last, five, let's say, five years. I mean, how many signings have we made? Um for these seem-to-be experienced players on massive wages. Um, that's, I mean, look, you only got to look at Mustafi, Ozil. Kalashnach came on a free with astronomical wages. Uh, great to get them off. I know we're paying a part of it. But, you know, there's a number of players that we have in there where we've always looked for – Mkhitaryan, sorry, is another one that's just popped into my mind – where we've looked for this short-term fix, just hasn't worked.
0: It's yeah, absolutely, worked. and I think, but I think that's a lot to do with the business model, um, and, and the run of the club. Um, and that's when what when you say it's funny, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because when
1: you say business model, I honestly don't think we really had one in that period where we dropped out of the Champions League, we chased that Champions League, like, and it was you know, you could kind of understand it the first two years, maybe, but we needed to, as a club and as a fan base, just accept the fact that we were a Europa League side and we needed to rebuild. Uh, we didn't. We tried to go for the short term solution. And unfortunately, it's come back to bite us in the arse. Yeah, no, I agree. Getting uh, on to the second,
0: our second question. Yeah, uh, from Name, it Ollie Wise. Yeah, it came
1: in from Matt Ollie Wise on Instagram. Um, and Ollie wanted to know from both of us quite a simple one, really. What's your favourite Arsenal shirt from the last 10 years? Now, he didn't say whether it was home or away or his third shirt. So, I'm just going to allow you to pick your favourite one first. You know what? It's a toss years. up. A there's
0: there's yeah. two for me. It's the O1011 shirt. It's t- it's a toss up between that one and this season's, because yeah. I love this season's shirt as well. This shirt's yeah, shirt this- is so nice. They're actually very similar. If you if you take away the red pattern, True. they're pretty much identical. <laughs> no, I was, it's funny. I was thinking that because of the round neck white
1: collar. Um, I'll go with this season's. You're going to go with these seasons in the last yeah. 10 years. Uh, okay. No, that's a solid choice because like you, that 0 10 11 home shirt and for the non-kit geeks, I can't even speak, kit geeks, um, that was obviously associated to our famous win over Barcelona. So it's nice memories attached to that shirt yeah. as well. For me, I've told you, I've said this a few times, I've always liked an element of blue in our home shirt, just a bit of trim here and there. I do like the twelve fourteen home kit where we beat Yeah, that World was City. that was a great shirt to be fair. Um, I'd back that well, as well, to be honest. That was a lovely a, shirt. It's a tough one. I mean, I've always been a fan as well. Some of the I mean, look, unfortunately, in the last ten years, there's a lot of Puma crap in there, isn't there?
0: <laughs> I, I would disregard every Puma kit because they are disgusting. I would They're... bar two. Maybe three. <sighs> No, I think they're, they're all. I look at them and think one of the worst was that A, the 14-15 away shirt, that stripy blue shirt, vile.
1: Ah, oh, disgraceful! That third kit yeah was horrific.
0: Um, I I did like the
1: away kit that went that season. Obviously, we won the FA Cup in that against fourteen Villa. fifteen away shirt. Yeah, let's yeah. let's do away yeah. kits as well. Why not? For, for yeah, for go ten. on. Um, yeah, you, you're getting your money's worth here, Ollie. Um, what was so, yeah, the What was our away shirt?
0: Hmm. You know what? Really big, I think it. it's going to be last season's blue third shirt. I love that shirt. Yeah, yeah, I really
1: did as well. I really, really like that.
0: Not, not with the the Arsenal like um green numbering, with the Premier League number in the back. Mm-hmm. Such a such a sick shirt. Yeah, it was really really. Getting down nice. with the kids there, using the word sick. You're yeah, welcome. You sick. <laughs> but but closely followed by the bruised banana shirt because that was lovely as well. Well, last season's,
1: I, just, yeah. I was really, dis- I, I know this is going to sound crazy, really disappointed uh, with it, to be honest with you. I thought they really? could have, yeah, I mean, look, I'm sure you've seen it when you go on Instagram. There's a few lads out there that do kind of kit concepts and there were so many good modernised versions of the, bruise, the classic bruised Banana plan. I just thought we could have. Now I know, look, again, speaking but, of unpopular opinion
0: I don't like the bruised Banana kit, so I don't like the original yeah. anyway. I yeah, that's fair average. enough. I, I've always preferred this in blue. I've always liked this in blue
1: um, as well. I think the away shirts traditionally should be blue or yellow. And I know that what, we've had what some, would you
0: some. Go for your? What would you say is your, your favourite away shirt?
1: Favourite away country? shirt? I'm going to go with the 2013-14 Nike yellow and blue
0: away shirt. Mesut Ozil's first season. It's I thought Sunderland, that was a, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. With his assist... Yep. That, yep. that is a good shirt. The only thing I don't like about that shirt is the collar. I, I don't like collars. I like round, round collars on shirts. I don't like anything other than that.
1: I like a stiff collar, um, a floppy one. And you know, I say this when you go back to the Invincible season, very similar shirt to that one, obviously, the 13 14, same color uh, combination. It had the worst collar in the world. Yeah, it's rubbish. Uh, but yeah, that'll be my pick then. I go 13 14 night. That yellow, was a good kit, to be yellow. fair. And I, I love the socks yeah. as well. Yeah, there's something about hoop socks. It goes back to that Dranberg 95 era, doesn't it? The hoop for me, little, anyway.
0: Scroll up a little bit. I also really rate the 10-11, the yellow and burgundy. I think if that was yellow and blue, that would have been on, on on the money.
1: Yeah, I hated the, the colour combination on that, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, there cool. we go. Cool. Well,
0: that's that then. So what, what's coming up next?
1: Who's next? So next
0: up, next up uh, is Newcastle. Um, I'm not even sure what day it is. The FA Cup. It's the, the FA, FA Cup. Cup We're yeah. Saturday at
1: 5.30. Um, Fabulous. Yeah. Cool. So look, I'll leave you one last question then before we leave it. What you are love your thoughts one last on- question, don't you? I you love it, it, yeah. Go they on. Can.
0: The what? listener's probably thinking, I'm done now, and you asking one more question. <laughs> I
1: know, but it's, I think it's a good one. <laughs> no, go on, go on, mate. What kind of lineup do you want to see in the FA Cup? And you don't have to go into mass detail. Uh, and also, what are your you know, thoughts in general towards the FA Cup this season?
0: As always, I'd love to win it. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're, when you're gifted Newcastle at home, there's no reason why you shouldn't be looking to go into the next round. Mm. Um, squ- Squad-wise, I'd like to see... You know what? I'd bring in Willian and Pepe, get them some yeah, minutes, same. try and get them some confidence, maybe starting Kelly at front, um, yeah. maybe bring in, bring in Willock. A midfield partnership with maybe Xhaka, alneni Actually, you know what? Thomas Pi could be fit, so potentially bring him in or have him on the bench. And then back four, bring Louise in. Gabriel, oh, Gabriel, are we back? Gabriel might be back. So. I'm not sure.
1: He's got, he has got had, he had the, the COVID, didn't he? So I'm I think not, we've got options, 100%. though. You can
0: maybe bring Ainsley in. in. Um, yes. I don't want to see bloody Mustafi and Socrates, but I'm sure we'll probably see them as well. What, what about you? Oh. Yeah, I mean, look... Not that the FA Cup's lost its touch
1: for me. Um, I just, I don't know. It's such a strange one because every I love a trophy, and you know we loved winning, winning the FA Cup last season. It was the happiest moment of 2020 from an Arsenal perspective. Um, yeah, I'm happy to kind of just go with it um, from a cup perspective, much like the Carabao Cup when it was there. I didn't really care if we lost or not. And
0: how dare you? I'll take to it me, on a game. Yeah, I, I, blasphemy. I
1: just, it's just I just think winning a cup is great. I just think there's bigger fish to fry um, from Arsenal's perspective, and I just think I wouldn't want to be risking certain players in the FA Cup. You know, when there's and that will happen when you know the further in you get, the more invested you get, uh, and the, the more competitive it ultimately becomes as well and you'll see stronger starting lineups. I just don't want to risk us, uh, risk our, our lineup. Cause if we can get some consistency out of this group of players, which we're starting at the moment, I wouldn't want to see them playing in the FA cup. And I just want us to settle in the league. Basically. That's, That's what I'm
0: true. saying. You, you, what I would say is I think forgetting about the, the uh, an FA cup run, I think winning mm. Saturday's game would be great for momentum and some consistency. 100%. 100%. And four wins on the bounce going into, um, Palace, Mm-hmm. yeah we'll be buzzing and yeah no completely agree completely agree cool all right mate let's uh, let's wrap it up there listener thank you very much for listening um mm-hmm. we will pick this up after Newcastle thanks for for for
1: dropping by and, and giving us a listen um i guess it's just great that we've been able to
0: talk positively yeah over the last long week, may it continue. It was,
1: absolutely and and we'll be back as you say after the Newcastle FA Cup game
0: see you mate bye bye
1: Cheers. all the best
0: Bye.